Hi there, and welcome back to MozzerCast Learning Points. My name is Rob. And I'm Johnny. And we're two junior doctors in the northeast of England. In these tracks, we answer common questions and concerns from beleaguered, entirely real medical students about practical difficulties in the long case exams. The students may be fake, but the problems are all too real. This episode's question is from Jason in Bourne. Hi guys, I'm really worried I'm going to mess up the long case exam. I've learnt lots about what I should do, but now I need to know what to avoid. What's the worst thing I could do in the exam? Well Jason, apart from sudden unexpected loss of clothes or continents, there are a few other nightmare scenarios. Worse than Pennywise the Clown and the creature from the Black Lagoon all rolled into one, these are the seven deadly sins of a long case exam. Number one. Our first deadly sin is forgetting the patient's name. That's right, Graham. There's nothing worse than getting someone's name totally wrong when it was only told to you a few moments ago. Indeed, Leroy. Whilst this may only be a minor social faux pas in day-to-day life, in the long case exam, it makes you look as though you haven't been listening. Hmm? Oh, yes. And if you haven't paid attention to such a core piece of info, the examiner and patient are unlikely to feel confident that you've picked up on something more subtle. It's particularly awkward if it comes to summarising the case. This is a male who has presented with chest pain. It is easily done in the heat of the moment, though, so make sure you scrawl it in big letters on a piece of paper. Highlight it, circle it, and commit it to everlasting memory. Or just repeat their name back to them a few times at the start. It's a surprisingly effective way to get it to stick. My name's Mark and I'm 44. So Mark, what's brought you into hospital today? Just don't do it too many times. Then it's just creepy. Number two. Forgetting red flags. Your job in the long case is to not only work out what is most likely the cause of the patient's symptoms, but also attempt to rule out the most worrying or serious causes. Assumptions can be dangerous. Make sure you ask the specific questions. Luckily for you, these will have been highlighted throughout your medical school career. We're talking red flags here. Weight loss with shortness of breath and cough. Incontinence with back pain. Or blood coming from anywhere at any time. You know, the type of questions that make your heart sink a little bit if the patient answers yes. Whilst there's no such thing as negative marking, if you don't ask these questions, it will really stand out. Number three. Faffing about with the patient's position. Sometimes in the exam, the patient isn't where you want them to be. Sometimes you need to lie them down. Sometimes you need to stand them up. God forbid, sometimes you may even need to move the bed. Whilst you don't need a degree in mechanical engineering to navigate a hospital bed, these can be quite tricky to the uninitiated. There's nothing worse for an examiner, student or patient than the awkward pauses as someone helplessly fumbles with bed controls. The trick here is simple. Practice makes perfect. Beds are like patients. They come in all shapes sizes, makes and models. So when preparing for your exams, make sure you practice using the beds on wards and incorporating this into your timing. You'll be a pro in no time. Number four. Leaving the patient exposed. This is professionalism 101. We mentioned earlier how you don't want to be naked in the exam. Well, there's a good chance your patient doesn't want to be either. A naked patient is an unhappy patient. Usually. 
It's a basic courtesy. And although appropriate exposure is vital, limit it to when it's needed. Make the most of sheets and gowns to keep your patient dignified and comfortable throughout the exam. Number five. Talking to the examiner. Do you remember in first year of medical school when you had to awkwardly narrate everything you were doing? Well, so does the examiner. And it was as cringeworthy for them as it was for you. Please, please don't go back to there. Interrupting the flow of the exam to highlight something directly to the examiner is jarring and shows your focus is not actually on the patient. If you are desperate for the examiner to know what you're doing, there is a trick to this. If you explain what you are looking for or finding to the patient in a natural way, this highlights both your communication skills with the patient and keeps the examiner in the loop. This takes some practice for it to feel natural, but it's really impressive when done well. Number six. Making the summary too long. Examiners have just sat through the exact history and examination that you have. They know what's going on. Probably more than you do. So you don't need to repeat it back to them parrot style. We've covered how to master the summary previously, so we won't go on too long here. As we said before, the summary is about showing your clinical reasoning and highlighting the key positives and negatives. Under a minute is all you need. Nothing more, nothing less. Number seven. Requesting a test for a baseline. Let's put it out there. Pretty much every patient admitted to hospital has their U's and E's and LFT's done. But a long case exam is not real life. It's about justifying what you're doing and backing it up with solid clinical reasoning. So, if the only reason why you want a blood test done is for a baseline, you probably don't want to request it. It makes it seem as if you either haven't thought through your investigations or don't know why it actually should be done. So, if you mention for a baseline without further justification, you deserve the subsequent grilling you may get. Number eight. Tunnel vision. Just because a patient presents with shortness of breath doesn't mean it can only be a respiratory problem. There are no open goals in medicine and it can be dangerous to get tunnel vision and miss more subtle presentations. Keep an open mind and make sure you've covered all the cardinal features and red flags. Demonstrate this open-mindedness in the discussion by avoiding certainties such as... Well, obviously it's... Not only does it sound a little arrogant or obnoxious, but it's a big turn-off for examiners. It's fine to be confident, but keeping an open mind is key to competence. Number nine? Saying there are seven deadly sins and then listing nine of them. Oops. Tune in to our next episode where we discuss how to put a long case exam back together when it feels like it's all falling apart. This podcast is sponsored by NHS Trusts in the North East and North Cumbria. From world-class NHS facilities and clinicians to stunning landscapes, vibrant towns and cities, as well as some of the most affordable housing in the UK, our region has got it all. Finding your place with us will open a world of outstanding medical training opportunities and unrivaled quality of life. It's time to head north nhsfindyourplace.co.uk